Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you struggling with anxiety and fear during this crazy and tumultuous year? You're not alone. And Pastor J.D. reminds us of two very important words. But God. These words change everything. No matter the trial or obstacle, remember, but God. And have faith that He will be victorious. Remain faithful until the end. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 1st, 2020. What's hard to wrap one's mind around is that this is Elijah we're talking about. This is the same Elijah that slew 450 prophets of Baal. Now, Elijah is running for his life with a contract out on his life. And we find him under a broom tree, praying that God would take his life. What? What what in the world has happened to this great prophet Elijah, who heretofore was amazingly and mightily used of God? The answer? Elijah, like many of us, have the propensity to become unspeakably discouraged and disillusioned when things don't go the way that we had hoped they would go. That's exactly what happened to Elijah. What had he hoped for? What was he praying for? Well, I would encourage you to maybe revisit these two chapters in 1 Kings, chapter 18 and chapter 19. Do you know what he had hoped for? I know this is going to jam some gears, but he was hoping to make Israel great again. He was hoping for the nation of Israel's repentance and the nation of Israel's revival, and it didn't happen. And it's even worse than that. If this weren't bad enough, he had also hoped that they would drain the swamp of Ahab, the most evil king in the history of the nation of Israel. And 
As for his lovely wife Jezebel, Elijah had hoped that they would lock her up. Oh, pastor, you're, you're really asking for it. I don't care. Bring it on. Here's Elijah. Now stay with me. Hear me out. He just calls fire down from heaven, consumes the sacrifice. <laughs> this after the prophets of Baal are screaming and cutting themselves, themselves, and the blood is gushing out, and yet there's no response from their God, Baal, who is no God at all. And here's Elijah having some fun with it. Go ahead, because this is a contest on Super Tuesday. And he won the contest. Uh, spoiler alert for those of you who don't know, he won. What was the contest? Oh, uh, it was a contest between the false god Baal and the true and living God. And here's the thing, <laughs> Elijah goes to Ahab and tells him, hey, I want you to bring your prophets down and let's have a contest. Let's settle this once and for all. And uh, let's go ahead and we'll get the sacrifice and we'll build the altar and we'll just douse it with water. And then you guys can go first and you can try to call fire down from your God to consume the sacrifice, which is very interesting, by the way. We'll talk about fire here more in a moment. Because the God Baal was known as the God of earth, wind, and fire. And you got to know, oh, by the way, that, if that brings to mind, uh, some of you are having flashbacks, so am I actually, I don't know why I went there, but that, uh, that group by that same name, uh, very satanic by the way. So this was their God. He was the God of the earth, the wind, and the fire. That's going to come up a little bit later. You already know where I'm going with this, right? you got to know that when Ahab hears this, he's like, oh, wait, so we're going to have a contest? <laughs> and we're going to call fire down from heaven? No way. Are you serious? Are you sure you want to do that? Because our God is the God of fire. <laughs> this is going to be great. Elijah's like, go ahead. So they're calling out, screaming out all day, and Elijah is toying with them. Um, hey, scream louder. Maybe he can't hear you. And this infuriates them. And then they scream louder, and then he says, wow, weird, yeah? Maybe he's on vacation? And then the ultimate, and this is true, and again, you can search the Scriptures for yourself. It's, it's very sanctified, and the uh, in certain translations, but he actually says this to them. He says, you know, maybe your God is in the bathroom. <laughs> no, it's okay, fine. Just laugh at me like that. No, he says that to them. And that just infuriates them even more. And then finally, he says, get out of my way. Oh, let's pour more water on there. 
continue to pour more water on there. So they douse this thing with water. And Elijah, one time, calls upon the true and living God. And the fire not only consumes the sacrifice, it consumes everything. The altar, everything. Pretty decisive. And then they all, they all go down on their face. Truly, the Lord God is God. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's real genuine. I'd be on my face too. So then it's at this point that Elijah has the prophets of Baal slain. And then word gets to Jezebel. And she puts a contract out on Elijah's life and says to him, that by this time tomorrow, the same thing you did to my prophets is going to be done to you. Now one would think that Elijah would respond with, oh really? Okay, we'll see about that. God, did you hear what she just did? Silence. God! Did you just see? And God seemingly does nothing. And that's why I believe it is that Elijah runs away and hides in the cave. And the reason he's running away is because it didn't go his way. Because he thought for sure God is going to take out Ahab and Jezebel too. But he didn't. Why didn't he? Oh, because God's ways and God's thoughts are not our ways and our thoughts. They're higher, they're better, And dare I say, they are great-er. I also believe that it's for this same reason that God doesn't speak to Elijah in the way that Elijah thought that God would speak to him when he appears before him at that cave that Elijah is hiding in. You know the story, right? 1 Kings 19. Again, for lack of a better word, probably one of the most astonishing passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Here's what happens. First there's this, I mean, great earthquake. Landslide, rock slide, mighty earthquake. And we're told God's not in the earthquake. And then there's this mighty wind. And we're not just talking about a wind. We're talking hurricane force wind. And God's not in the wind. And then comes this fire. And one would think that surely God is going to speak to Elijah through the fire, because after all, Elijah's into fire. Surely God's going to speak to him in the fire. But no, he's not in the fire. Instead, 
God chose to speak to Elijah in a way that Elijah would not have thought. Because God's ways are not Elijah's ways. God's ways are not our ways. He chose to speak to him in the still, small, refining whisper of a voice. And that got his attention. And he asks him the same question that he asked him right after he slew the prophets of Baal. And the answer is the same exact answer. He asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? It's not like God didn't know what he was doing there. Of course God knew what he was doing there. You know what he was doing there? Oh, he was throwing himself a pity party, and nobody was there. Nobody showed up. He was feeling sorry for himself. Do you know why he was feeling sorry for himself? Because he did what God expected of him. However, it seems that God did not do what Elijah expected of God. He fully expected God to take care of Ahab and Jezebel, and he didn't. His problem's not with Ahab and Jezebel, his problem's with God. Here's another question, and I think it would be in order here. The question is, what are our expectations? What are we expecting God to do? Isn't it true that having expectations of what God will do, and when God will do it, and even the way God should do it, always ends in disappointment and disillusionment? What Elijah could not know in his disillusionment and despair is that God was about to rapture him to heaven with a chariot of fire. There's this fire, by the way. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 11. Hang in there with me. I'm going somewhere with this. Then it happened. As they continued on and talked, they, speaking of Elijah and Elisha, whom God told Elijah to anoint as his replacement. So they're, they're walking, they're talking. Elisha has just got done asking Elijah for a double portion of his blessing. And Elijah responds and says to him, well, we'll see. If you see me caught up into heaven, then you'll get it. If you don't, then you won't. Which tells me that God had already revealed to him that he was going to take him. He never saw death, by the way. Oh, but when he's hiding in that cave, you couldn't have told him that. Oh, Elijah, if you only knew what God is about to do. So as they continued on and talked, suddenly, 
I like that word suddenly, by the way. A chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. More fire. Good thing. I mean, not just the chariot, the horses too. Fire all over the place. And it separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And it's even better than that. That's not the last time we see Elijah. You know when we see him again? You know, right? He's with Moses. Moses! (laughs) How cool is that? And they're on what we affectionately refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration, and they appear with and talk to Jesus. Matthew chapter 17. Follow along with me. I'd encourage you to turn there in your Bibles. I want to read verses 1 through 8, and I think you'll see why here in a moment. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him, speaking of Jesus. Then Peter, I love Peter so much, verse 4. I think, I can't wait to meet him. I think a lot of people are going to have to apologize to Peter when they get to heaven. (laughs) It says, Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Hang on to that word. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly, there's that word again, I like that word suddenly, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But, verse 7, Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. Now I want to draw your attention to verse 8. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Here's where I'm going with this. Regardless of how all of this goes down, look up. Do not be afraid. Lift up your eyes and see Jesus only. Is it possible 
that our faith may be tested like never before? Absolutely. However, God's ways can be trusted like never before. As I was seeking the Lord and preparing for today's update, I petitioned the throne, inquired of the Lord, Lord knows my heart. But I, I see what's happening on social media. I'm going to mention a name here, and as I do, I want you to take uh, and, and pay particular attention to the emotion and the, and the thoughts that come to your mind when I say this name. Hunter Biden. Um, Jesus loves Hunter Biden. Jesus died for Hunter Biden. I wonder, does anybody pray for him? He's not the enemy. Joe Biden, his father, he's not the enemy. He needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. I have, a, I have a question. It's not in my notes. I guess I'll ask it. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit prompting me to. And have you destroyed your ability on social media to bring anybody to Jesus? I wonder. You know, I was uh, reading an article, very interesting. I... The younger generation, because of this political polarized climate that we're in, I wonder, have we lost the younger generation? We've aligned ourselves as Christians to a man. And you'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but Christians do err greatly when they continue to make excuses for Trump. Oh, you might win the argument, but you've lost the chance to bring somebody closer to Jesus. You know, sometimes I, I was just telling my daughter about this this last week. Non-Christians are more loving sometimes than Christians are in the way they treat people. You know, when this is all said and done, the only thing that's really going to matter is Jesus. Only Jesus has that classic, timeless hymn of old. You can have this world, just give me Jesus. Can I just ask another question? Again, not in my notes, but I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to ask it. Please know that it's a question that I ask myself. So I believe the rapture is going to happen at any time. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. 
Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.